0: I'll sum it up for you. I don't think uh, Joey Diaz actually made uh, young comics blow him to get on stage. I think Christa, nope. I think Crystal uh, Leia, uh, I believe he has an itch for uh, the younger side. I believe Amy Schumer absolutely ripped off other comics and thought she could get away with it because she was a more popular comic. And Jeffrey Ross is a pretty ugly person. And it wasn't smart when he shaved his head. <laughs> I'm <laughs>
1: birds it's like so weird is this some kind of hitchcockian thing (laughs) (laughs) what the shit is going on like they're literally i didn't throw bread or i don't have bird feeders like there are a ton of birds outside my window right now
0: i got a ton of birds outside my house too but i got old man gifts uh for my birthday this year
1: (laughs) i'm sorry i missed it when was your birthday uh
0: may 23rd and i got a hammock I got a bird feeder, and I got a tomato planting kit.
1: (laughs) You literally are the last scene of The Godfather, (laughs) minus the oranges. I know. And
0: (laughs) and you know what? I loved every single one of those gifts, Tammy Pescatelli, and that's how we begin. I love them, too. Uh, You like the old lady gifts? Are you getting old lady gifts? I am an old lady. Are you kidding? Somebody was trolling me yesterday and said, you don't have any fans uh, under
1: 45. And I was like, thank God. I don't want any other
0: 45. They're too much work. They're too uptight. They're too busy trying to cancel everything we uh, know and love from our lives.
1: Yeah, like I can't believe they gave Elmer Fudd a sword.
0: Oh, yeah, they got rid of the gun. <laughs> yeah, the Bugs Bunny uh, cartoons used to have a lot of violence and a lot of guns. And I guess one of the things was to get rid of the guns in the Bugs Bunny cartoons.
1: But I mean, the key, the key is is Bugs Bunny talks. So yeah. I mean, what what are we doing here? Like, what what part of reality do we need to suspend? Yeah, I don't, in order to explain it to kids.
0: I understand the Black Lives Matter thing, but with that said. I always think about Patrice O'Neal when it comes to these heavy issues, and he would be pointing his finger at Whitey and laughing his ass off at their guilt that they're now panicking and changing everything around them uh, to get rid of some of that guilt they're feeling inside.
1: You know, it's funny. These things happen, and some changes are rightly so.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, some changes I could have care less. The Dixie Chicks could just go away completely. Dixie Chicks, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I never miss Patrice Moore. I said it to Vaughn, in a tweet the other day. I, I, I just, I think he would have just risen. Like the leader that he was, and we need him of like course. I can't there's nobody comparable to talk sense into everybody the way Patrice did it
0: I, I love people that they reach out to me and, and they say things like, what would Patrice say and i I want to say we all know what he would say because he was so brilliant at it that nothing has changed. Uh, the Dixie Chicks are taking the, the the word Dixie out of their name, right? That's the latest, right?
1: That's yeah. it, yeah. The Dixie Chicks.
0: If you're gonna take Dixie out of your name, you might want to take out chicks as well. <laughs> <laughs> I just tweeted today. I said,
1: my favorite pronoun is a noun, comedian. Let's just stop all of it and just go with basics. Basics.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know what's going on. I can't follow it anymore. The cancel culture is completely out of control. It's absolutely out of control. Well,
1: you've been canceled? You you made it through? I've been canceled. I made it through. Like you can't we're like unstoppable cancels. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we've been canceled before it was called canceled. I don't know if we're groundbreakers or what. But yeah. it's just it, it's so ridiculous. At least if we get canceled, can we be canceled on our merit just not because someone Feels like they're offended by something simple that we did.
0: I don't. I don't believe most of those people are actually offended. I, I believe they're getting points for their tribe, and in the end, they don't really give a crap what you said or did. Um, and in most cases, I don't think uh, they even know your your content when they're going after you. I think it's ridiculous. Agreed. That- I think it's ridiculous they're going after Jimmy Kimmel for something he did on the radio. You're a radio gal from uh, back in the day. So he, he does a, a rap song for some, I don't know, radio station CD, and he used the N-word a lot because he was singing and acting like Snoop Doggy Dog, I think. And so they uh, they pulled that out. I don't like Jimmy Kimmel at all. I don't, I don't really know this version of him because he did come from the radio world where he was a bit edgy. I don't think he should be canceled. I don't think he should take away his career because of something he did back in, I think, the year 1996, I want to say.
1: Well, here's my, my biggest thing is that in, we have to, what we're not doing is context in time. If he was doing that now, then we know better. We do better. Yeah. That's the problem. Like, people are, are <laughs> you, can't, you can't help it. You, you you told someone when you were five years old that they st- stunk, they're stinky. You And, you know, it, we would make fun of people. You don't walk up to people now and go, you're stinky, because you, you know better and you do better. Yeah. Lots of words have been taken out. I mean, it, we call it Black Lives Matter now, which is important, but there's still the NAACP and you certainly wouldn't use those words but how about even the the women's stuff like look if you watch those roasts in the old days they never even really let a female comic on no they as much as i love dean martin ruth buzzy that was only because she would make fun of how ugly she was Phil yeah. diller same how ugly yeah but the rest would be like some hot angie dickinson and they'd all make jokes about how they want to go out with her and sleep with her and wake up to her. I mean, it's, it's a different time. You just took what you took and you move forward.
0: Well, that's a great point. Um, I, I was listening to brother Weeze this morning and he was talking about the old movie stripes, uh, the Bill Murray movie. And he said something, which I think is really important to the discussion. As far as cancel culture goes, he said, you think the movie holds up. And I found that so interesting. It goes back to your point as well. Back in the day, uh, Jimmy Kimmel doing that bit Howard Stern doing the blackface bits our comedies uh, I think Blazing Saddles and, and whatnot they made sense for the time but culture shifts and so now stuff like that doesn't hold up anymore but it doesn't mean you now go back and, and cancel all those people because they made those movies or did those bits on the radio.
1: Right. I mean, listen, Hang On, Sloopy is a fight song for so many. I mean, Ohio State for number one. Hang On, Sloopy, they kept saying that that was about rape, that song. Oh, really? I heard that when I was a kid. There's something Such a girl, I'd like to rape. Now, I don't know if those are the words or not, because we never really knew the words of the song, and they could change it now in the lyrics and go back, and they could have fixed it on Google. Yeah. Yeah we heard stuff you were supposed to every song that was about sexy and 17 or my sweet 16 and stuff that was kind of gross and creepy but we were 16 and 17 when those songs came out yeah so we thought it was okay
0: Oh, absolutely oh you're reminding me of something uh do you know the song into the night by benny mardonis
1: uh i might do a little bit tell me a little bit (laughs) She's just 16 years old. Oh, yeah, that's Leave Her, her alone, alone, they say, right? They <laughs> they
0: say. <laughs> a beautiful song, too, right? But, like, it's, boy, Hey, Creepo. I think that's Chris D'Elia's uh, favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> so funny.
1: Okay, <laughs> and that's been going on, and let's talk about that for a quick second. Yeah. Uh, we There was a heavy uh, weekend because people were on Chris D'Elia, did he was he texting back and forth with an underage girl? Jeff Ross definitely had a three year relationship with a fifteen year old girl. I didn't know all those things. We didn't know those things. I'm not privy to that. They're not my best friends. I, I don't
0: know I, it. I got to jump uh, in and say that uh, Jeffrey Ross uh, has denied uh, what that that woman has said and came out with a pretty pretty uh, stern. Statement basically saying this has more to do with mental illness than not. I just want to put that oh, out there and, and in and this you know conversation. Maybe so. I feel like I want to believe the, the women more and more as I get older. I'll tell you that much, but yes, I, I don't fact know of the matter. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: Here's the thing. If I, you want to believe women because yeah. we want to believe that we are now elevated enough that we will pay attention to what they say. Yeah. And I do believe a lot of women. I will say, though, that if you just do percentages, someone, in no matter what they say, if they say the sky is blue, short of true facts, has to not be telling the truth anywhere, right? Yeah. So you you just, and how do we differentiate it? We can't, because we don't know. I almost believed her, and I can go with the mental illness, too, on this, because she said at 15 years old. When she saw Jeffrey, he was the most handsome man she'd ever seen. And so it's either either mental illness or someone who's never been out of the house. She had to be
0: in a child. That's that's severe mental illness, I'm here to say. (laughs)
1: So either way, could go either way. I once lost a job because Jeff Ross was so ugly because Dane Cook and I got cast on Dog Eat Dogs as the co-host. And then Dane quit and they hired Jeffrey and the network came to me and bought me out of my contract because they said, uh, aesthetically, we need a supermodel to balance Jeffrey.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We got to pump his number up a little bit.
1: That's the truth I don't know what anybody wants to say, but that's the truth eh,
0: whatever
1: I don't have anything left but the truth Ope. is that crazy?
0: no it's kind of freeing right? because I played the dumb game yeah. over the years and I don't I don't give a shit anymore and if people like what I do now, great if not what are you gonna do you know i, I still enjoy doing this and I, I like uh, trying to be as honest as I can um I saw your tweet though because uh, you said let's get into this a little bit. Uh, The tweet says, hey, L.A. Times and New York Times, I was passed in 2001 at the Comedy Store by Mitzi Shore herself. If you want to talk about women in comedy and their treatment by my comedy brothers, ask me or another paid regular. Why are you asking women who weren't part of our family? Let's get into that, Tammy Pescatelli.
1: Okay, so I'll tell you what's going on. Apparently, they're trying to say that the Comedy Store was the hub of toxic masculinity. Okay. And they're not talking about now, but I can't say they're talking about a very specific time. Like when they were talking about Joey Diaz, they tried to get him, um, for saying that he would tell girls that they could be on, have open mic time for blow jobs or something like that. Can I say that? I don't know if I could say anything. Oh, really. Say
0: whatever you want.
1: I met Joe Diaz at the open mic. Yeah. And, um, I blew him. No, I'm just
2: kidding. <laughs> no, I <laughs> did
1: I just had to go for the joke. Um, oh, you comedians no, always have listen, to go for the joke. Yeah, no, listen. He, I'm, he's a good guy. It was a diff. Again, you're talking about a different time. Yeah. If we are a, women and we were allowed to go up and you talk about whatever you want and your sexuality, then you're comfortable. Once you're comfortable and you're in that community, all kinds of talk is is, is available for you. With they didn't, I didn't want men to have to watch what they said. To be around me, I wanted to belong. So for these young girls or whoever they are, and I appreciate their their situation, but the stuff that women of my generation, Mitzi, and all those other people would have, the the all, women who have succeeded, Caroline, uh, Caroline's Broadway, have had to deflect. We didn't internalize it. I used to have to go pick up a couple. I mean, famous headliners. I'd pick them up. Uh, this one guy would always be naked at his hotel. Jesus. Always. You you knock on the door. I'm like, hey, it's showtime. I'm the MC. I just brought the feature up. Knock on the door. Hey, can you open up the door? Completely naked. Right. Well, let me let me smoke my cigar and I'll be right down.
2: Oh okay, my God. great.
1: Good for you. You know, and you just go and you go, hey, can you believe this bastard picked me up with his little dick hanging out? You know, you, that's what you said. You didn't realize. Wait, didn't this, internalize this, wait it.
0: this shit was, happened to you uh, when you were first starting out?
1: Yeah, a million times. A million, if I told, like, I didn't. Do you know there was a guy who, who won, one of those, one of the first talent contests. I don't even remember what it was called. Yeah. For hitting people on the head, sing Bohemian Rhapsody. He tried to break in my room, in the condo, like one night, and it was like, let me in. I wanted, and and you know what I did the next day. Now, granted, I was really young. Uh, And I was a little bit scared. But the next day, when I saw him sitting in the living room, we had one phone in the condo. I said, if you ever try to break in my room again, my first call won't be the police. I'm going to call your wife.
2: Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, I said,
1: I'll call your wife. That's it. So, you know, you just do, you you found ways, if you wanted to be in comedy, you found ways to stand up for yourself i do think the comedy got very sexualized the moment women who were female comics started posing naked on their album covers
0: who was the first that's to when do they that
1: proved that they were women and not comics yeah. and i think that's when it and it also culturally it began to change so you know good for them it's just different don't don't the la times and New York Times are trying to say that it was toxic masculinity. That's not true. It wasn't toxic. Yeah. We, everybody had a masculine energy back then, even the female comics. Okay, we all had a. I have a very uh, masculine energy.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, let me jump in because you gave me so much there. So, who was the first female comic to to kind of pose naked for their their article or their CD or whatnot?
1: Well, th- well we can even go. Uh, I'll tell you this though. In 1996, I was two years in comedy. Yeah. Playboy did the funny women of Playboy.
2: Right. They came to me.
1: I was young. I had real boobs, Uh, (laughs) you know, still in my big nose, but whatever. Um, And said, would you do funny women of comedy?
2: Yeah.
1: It was $25,000. I had no money. I made $7,000 the year before as an MC. It was something that really I thought about. And then the only reason I turned it down, having nothing to do with my family or anything else, I thought, how am I going to be respected as a comedian if these guys that I share a condo with have a naked, have this picture of my boobs? Right. And some other people did it, and good for them. They were great. It was uh, Margaret Cho and... Felicia Michaels and and Sandra bernhardt they are, you know—and maybe I should have done it because I should—I I I needed some documentation that they once weren't as saggy as they are now. I wish (laughs) I probably would have done it, but I think I think there was a difference. We just wanted to be comics, not female comics. Then once women were able to embrace themselves, which is terrific. Think about how many there was a while you'd click on Netflix and everybody was naked on their album cover, and it's like, hey, man. Okay, but you're going to have to understand. You can do what you want, and that's amazing, but you have to understand you opened the door to this conversation now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you make it easier for uh, people to sexualize you instead of look at you and think that you're a funny uh, comedian. I got to go back to the the comedy condo. You, you mentioned the condo in there. I just want to fill in the blank. So when you're a road comic, you uh, go to these comedy clubs. And a lot of these comedy club owners, they actually have a condo for the comedians. And that's one way they save money because they don't have to pay uh, hotel uh, fees or whatever. So they put you in a uh, a condo with other comedians. And in a lot of cases, you don't know these guys from a hole in the wall. And you're a young uh, female comic on the road at a time when there weren't a lot of female comics um, hitting the road every weekend. And you had some crazy-ass experiences besides that, that guy where you said, I'm going to call your wife.
1: One time I came back and strippers had closed, stole all my clothes. Because, <laughs> you know, guys that have strippers come to the condo, but what do we know about strippers? But listen, I, I lived in a stripper colony. We know that, right? But what I do know about strippers at the house are hookers. So um, they, they they took all my clothes. I literally had to drive eight hours back home to try to get any clothes. That, I had nothing but the clothes I had on my back, and I was supposed to be going from one gig to the other because the gigs in the old days used to be Tuesday through Sunday. Yeah. So you'd just be out for two, three weeks. So yeah. on my one day off, I drove eight hours one way and eight hours back after grabbing some clothes. I didn't have enough money to buy new ones,
2: by the way.
0: Wow.
1: Um, and I didn't complain about the guys having the strippers there, yeah. because I didn't want
0: to seem difficult. Didn't you run into the guy that was, um, I think he was found guilty of raping women all over the country?
1: One of the most famous stories in comedy that is hidden, it's crazy. Like They want to talk about what these guys did. There was a guy named Vince Champ, yeah. who was a, a very successful comic. He did tons of... Was a very big deal in comedy when you first start out, and it used to be they called them NACA, National Association of Collegiate Activities, and every college has these fees built in where they bring a comic, and this guy Vince was one of the most prolific NACA comics that ever was, um, and he turns out when he would go play a college, he would go or university, he'd go to whatever. Uh, across town, college or university or high school and violently rape a female co-ed, like put a knife to her neck and everything. What happened to me is, again, condos on Mondays, sometimes you'd stay over because you were going from, say, Des Moines to Omaha, which was what was happening to me. I was staying in Des Moines and I was going on to Kansas City. He was coming in to do a college and staying in Des Moines. So on Monday, I, w- I wake up, and I go work out. I come back. Vince Champ is there. I've never met him before, but it's not my house. It's not up to me. I don't make those deals. You know, it happens a lot. I'm being privileged to be able to stay over an extra day. Um, we say hello. I say I'm going to the movies. He says, said he's going to take a nap. I never saw him. I assume he went to his gig. I woke up the next morning. I went to Kansas City. I get off stage Thursday night. There's an FBI agent there waiting for me. I was interrogated for 12 hours because they caught him. Finally, they had put together that every city that he went to. He had raped a girl, and he had raped a girl the night that he stayed with me, literally, with a knife to her throat. But the FBI didn't believe me that I didn't know him that I didn't know anything about him, that I wasn't dating him, that he wasn't my boyfriend because who stayed, how, how do you, you, so you stayed with him Yeah. Monday night and wow. you don't know him. And I'm like, listen, you need to call these comedy places. You need to. And so I had to wait until the morning when they could finally reach someone and, you, and understand that that's truly just the nature of what a comedy condo was
0: wow and they arrested him for that and and then he was put away but uh that's a close call for you I mean does that ever freak you out
1: yeah I mean he did like I just can't remember the number like I feel like it's either like 24 or 36 I mean I think once you get to that point I know I'm off by a dozen but it doesn't really matter at that point yeah um yeah really I, I I for a while I Knew the girl's name, you know, because back then they even would release people's names. I somehow blocked it out, but I feel like I owe her so much because had he, I, she saved me, and I actually wrote her a long letter and sent it. I never heard from her. Yeah, but explained the whole thing. And she, by the way, she didn't owe me anything to return. Of course, my my letter or uh, you know a message. But I just wanted her to know that somehow in that pain she protected me, you know, wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of fun. Right. Comedy. So oh, when yeah. I hear these girls going, these guys just asked, they're just asking. I mean, let's be honest. Most male comics, most men got into show business to get laid. Yeah. I don't know who's who's telling anyone otherwise. Yeah, there's. I mean, why are you thinking anything else?
0: Yeah, it's no surprise these comics are on the road every week, week after week. Uh, of course, they're trying to get some action. I, I want to go back to the Joey Great. Diaz thing because you didn't finish up, and I got the um, I got the clip up here. It says in this clip, one of Rogan's best friends, Joey Diaz, admits to not letting female comedians stage time uh, get stage time unless they gave him a blowjob. If you're one of the girls, please speak up. Now is the time. Now I heard this uh, this clip. And right away, I'm like, he's fucking joking. It was so obvious that he was joking. Joey is a... He, listen, did one or two girls probably...
1: Well, sure, because they wanted to. Not for stage time. Yeah. Like, that's what I wrote in my in my defense of him, and I got a lot of crap. But I was just like, listen, if you know Joey, he blusters. That's who he is. Right. He's You know, he's the true redemption story. But what I said, I said, if you blew someone for open mic time you need to write better jokes, <laughs> I jokes and said right. maybe for madison square garden i might <laughs> you know <laughs> but, right. like uh, it's i ama- mean but it, you can't even joke
2: no
0: it's amazing these social uh, justice warriors they don't even understand comedy in general when they take on these targets i mean you listen to this clip and it's obvious joey's trying to be a man's man and you know And over the top, and he's being funny, and I'm sitting there like, who's going to believe this actually happened?
1: It's so funny, uh, in the ironic sense of funny, that this is going on, because literally this week, my back went out, okay? Really bad. I called a friend of mine who's a doctor who's helped me before. I needed shots in my back. He has an urgent care, urgent care. He wasn't in town this week. He said, go down there. I went to urgent care. It's different now cuz of covid. Yeah. You you go you go up to the door, you get the telephone number, you call them. They take all your information, then the next person calls you back, they take the information, and then they let you in. You get to sit in your car. You don't have to go by all these skeevy people. I was so happy about it. Okay? Yeah. Because I, I hate sitting in the waiting room with all these disgusting people like, I'm thrilled. You don't ever ask me. I don't care what political statement you want to say. I want to wear gloves and a mask every day anyway, okay? That has nothing to do with COVID. I, <laughs> people are gross. Yeah. I was so happy. But I finally, for the first time in three months, for some reason, maybe in the pain, the darkness lifted, and I wrote a stupid little joke. I Stupid, stupid social media wordplay joke. I said, my I, my back is out. I've been waiting at Urgent Care for fifteen or for 45 minutes. Maybe they should change the name to, we'll get around to you when we feel like it care. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. Stupid. <laughs> right? This guy who's my friend, who's smart, he's a doctor, wrote me and said, thanks for trashing my place of business. You obviously have no idea all the procedures we have to go through because of COVID.
2: Oh, We're doing the best God. we can.
1: I'm like, dude, I'm a comic, man. I think these the people in the small town forget. I might be your neighbor. You might see me at the football game at the grocery store. But I'm, my brain is mining for material, man. I'm a, it's a joke. but just people are too sensitive. And this is a friend. I'm like, are you kidding me?
0: Yeah,
1: you really must be kidding me.
0: They're too sensitive, and they they simply just can't take a joke anymore. I, I don't know what that means uh, for comedy as we move forward, but there's a lot of sensitive bitches out there.
1: Man, I, I'm petrified. I t- Did I talk to you? I haven't talked to you. I did an outdoor show, right? Yeah. Up in Rochester, trying to help the comedy for, comedy at the Carlson yeah. to stay moving. And plus, look, I hadn't been on stage for three months. They did an outdoor show. They had it really set up nice. They bogarted a radio station, eighty, like an 89.1 at the top of the dial, and um, three different screens. And people would sit in their cars, and they could honk, or they could have their windows down and laugh, flash their lights. The only thing that was bad is there was... <laughs> an open roadway in between the stage and the parking lot. So that was a little <laughs> bit weird. You'd like get to a punchline and a bus would drive by. Right. But um, it, it was a, completely humiliating. If I had enough nightmare. money, I would have never done it. Yeah. But I don't have the money and they also need to stay open. So, yeah. And I think people needed to laugh. Sure. But for the first time in my life, I was afraid to speak.
2: Wow. Because
1: I was afraid that something in my act was going to trigger somebody and someone would record it, just that portion and take it out of context. And then I was like, but then I became me again. And I remembered that I could care less. They already tried to cancel me. That's the other thing that upsets me with them picking on only the guys. They tweet things like, men are using their positions of power wasn't i canceled by a woman in a position of power women have used their positions of power i'll never forget you remember diane ford old school female comic yeah i got off stage and she made me take all this stuff out of my act i was an mc i only had 7 minutes yeah she made me take 4 of it out so i had to like pause and sip water and and then she said to me you're really cute You shouldn't do comedy. I don't think it's for you. Oh,
0: my God. That means she was jealous of you.
1: Yeah. I mean, and she was the kind of comic that I didn't want to be like at all. Right. She talked about her periods and all the stuff that that generation talked about is why I think some of the ones that, you know. Like myself, and me- we just tried to be comics, not female
2: comics,
0: right. I get it. It was overbear it was the overbearing mom. It was period jokes. it was it was all that crap. And that led to everyone going, are, are, are women funny? Yeah, women are funny. Right.
1: Remember the first time I ever called into your show, I was listening. Uh, and driving out of New Jersey, I was listening, and they they were everybody was picking on me for doing all those Italian jokes. Right. And I called in, and I was like, "Guys, doesn't even hurt my feelings cause you know what you're not saying? I'm doing chip jokes. i right. <laughs> like.
2: Oh, fuck
1: you. <laughs> I'm thrilled. You're like, yeah, she does too many Italian jokes. Yeah. That's great. You didn't even realize I was a woman. You yeah. didn't say anything about it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah I, I got to tell everybody that our relationship uh, got off uh, to a bad start because we made fun of you on Last Comic Standing because your material was really good. I don't even know why. Sometimes I don't even know why we did what we did because I didn't even believe believe it while i was doing it but i knew it would be entertaining i guess but uh yeah we made fun of the fact that your your whole act on last comic standing was all the italian jokes and, and right and you happen to be listening to that segment and you uh, that i i got instant respect for you because like you said you called in and called us out on it and then i think uh by the end we all were getting along and laughing our asses off right
1: i knew what i did i knew it wasn't like i knew i wasn't breaking any new ground i was given the best i had but i was also like I, don't had a, I didn't have any life experience at that point. All I had was my crazy family to talk about. I will say this, though. Last comic did screw me over a lot because that was early reality, and they h- had positions for everybody. So I was the bitch. Bonnie was the whore. You know what I mean? They kept playing only my Italian stuff because Sopranos was hot. I kept submitting other material and they kept saying, oh, we didn't get it clear. Just do this. It's okay. We won't replay it on the show. Yeah, And that's kind of how that went.
0: Of course. Uh, every time they uh, used to say back in the day, oh, that was great, but we need a safety. I'm like, oh, boy, that means they're going to use the safety. <laughs> Speaking of Last Comic Standing, you uh, mentioned in an article that uh, a producer came to you guys. And you weren't allowed to talk about this for a long, long time. Uh, but your NDA is no longer um, applicable I guess I should say but basically they right. t- they told you that um, a female would never win last comic standing right
1: yes yeah, so we were sitting that was season two we had 18 million viewers it was so good that they had extended us to the next they immediately created a season three which ended up failing because they did it after the Olympics with no advertising yeah we were sitting backstage for the finale okay the finale was myself Gary Goldman, John Heffern, Alonzo Bowden, and Kathleen Madigan, right? Kathleen and I were sharing a dressing room, and the big network exec walks in, you know, and they, and they were like, we just just go out there and do, do what you want to do. And I said, yeah, you never know, we could win. And the uh, guy goes, "Now nah, we'll, we'll never let a, a woman win this. No one wants to see that in America. Advertisers don't want that. Right. And I said, well, hey, you never know. Because I'm still dumb. Yeah. Taking that vote count. And he goes, We'll never let a woman win. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. And, and Jay Moore will tell you that he. Then Jay goes, Don't worry about it. Next year, by this time, we'll be fucking. And I was like, Oh, fucking touring? <laughs> like if, in my head, like that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And then he just goes, No, he's he in. Yeah, we'll be fucking. Jesus. And he walked out. Yeah. And yeah. they laughed. Then I said, Jay, I go, You'd have to let me win this show to bang you. I go, there's no money in the world. There's not enough money to bang you. <laughs> right.
0: Oh, my God. That's unbelievable. I uh, as, yeah. as I'm recording this, uh, Chelsea Peretti all about the Joey Diaz comments. It's very interesting. An article from a I couple- I
2: heard
1: that. That's why I tweeted them because I heard that she was going to come out. Yeah. Listen, no disrespect to Chelsea, but Chelsea's brother ran Huffington Post, correct?
0: Mm, yes. And Chelsea Peretti. So- Uh, You don't have to comment about this, but dated Jim Norton, who over the years showed that he didn't really respect women that much. So, uh, you know, Chelsea's got to kind of check herself a little bit here.
1: I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it to people if they can't draw their own conclusions. A lot of people who are in positions of power in comedy today, a lot of the same women that are saying that these guys are pigs are the same ones. That dated a lot of these guys. Yes, but just not these specific guys.
2: Yes,
0: a lot
1: of these men that they're just not the they weren't the right ones for them to sleep with to move their career.
0: Well, she's all about it. A couple tweets she writes: uh, If you're a male comedian, one thing you could do is tell men to shut the fuck up when they're saying hateful shit about women and not go on podcasts that are racist and sexist. You could also speak up for women getting attacked online for sticking up for themselves or total silence. Uh, I've been told I- women aren't funny since day one of comedy in uh, backhanded compliments after shows on YouTube comments, Twitter, Facebook, airplane skywriting for my birthday. And I often wonder if the guys who love comedy so much would love it. When they went to do sets every night, it was 20 women and one guy on the show. You know what? Some of the stuff she just uh, tweeted. I, 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 I agree with her. Sure. To a point. We're talking about an industry that tells dick jokes. The bar's pretty low to begin with, and I, I want to say again, I think people are way off on the uh, Joey Diaz thing. I really I really believe that he's just fucking around.
1: You know? Yeah, he totally was. Yeah. I mean, listen, if that's what you want to believe, believe it. Then yeah. find the girls that blew them and and let's see their act.
0: Well, I don't think any... <laughs>
1: I don't know what yeah. to say. That's yeah. what Patrice would say. Yeah. If you want to know what Patrice would say, yeah. that, you know what? Thank you. Patrice just possessed me right there. I think I just was possessed by the spirit of Patrice.
0: Yeah, I don't. I
1: think I, that's what he would have said.
0: Uh, look, I understand women are scared to come out uh, and talk about a lot of this stuff because a lot of times uh, they're s- simply not believed, which is a tragedy. But uh, yes. I, I, I the, the little I know about Joey Diaz, actually, I know a little more than a little. Uh, this is this is just Joey being Joey, let's say that what he
1: was telling was the truth, yeah, it has been clearly documented that Joey was in the throes of an extreme addiction back then. He kidnapped a guy, he talks about cop and drugs, he was jailed a few times he did you know. Are are we not allowed redemption? Because people are a lot... you, You went and saw Hangover with Mike Tyson in it, right? Yeah. You watch Robert Downey Jr. in The Avengers. You see Rob Lowe in whatever stuff he does. So we have clear things. People are still going to Woody Allen movies. I'm totally down with pushing the bad guys out. Clearly... Camille Cosby is crazy because when she tries to say that her husband yeah. uh, was being set up by me too, listen, bitch, they were knocked out. He didn't just rape them. He knocked them the fuck out to use Chris yeah. Tucker language, right? Like he, They didn't even know they were raped until they tried to understand what was wrong with their pants.
0: Yeah, when they started waking up from the Spanish fly. I'm going to jump in uh, here. Fuck Woody Allen. And I believe Mike Tyson, I have to say that. I've had Tyson on over the years, and uh, I read his book, and I studied the case, and I don't have uh, actual facts in front of me at this moment in time, but I believe that he got uh, pretty screwed over uh, as far as that whole rape thing goes back in the day.
1: I'll tell you about Mike. He was in Cleveland a little bit before that, because he was training with Don King. I'm a young kid in Cleveland, right? A young comic in Cleveland. Yeah. You knew this. If Mike was in the club, you didn't walk past Mike because he was going to grab your boobs, your butt, your, you know what I mean? He was, he was grabbing women in the pussy long before Donald Trump. Okay.
2: <laughs> okay. So you enough. knew
1: that's who he was. Yeah. One of the things, if you're truly a feminist, you have to take autonomy of your own actions. If you, when you're flashing your titties everywhere and you're like, Ooh, wild on spring break. Five, I said, I used to say my joke five years from now. You're going to be going, I can't find a good man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause you're a whore. Sometimes we have to own it. Sometimes the men are the pigs.
0: The comedians really stick together and they think they're like some kind of mafia, uh, family, but basically they're just some stupid, goofy fraternity. Um, and, and they will, they will protect their own. Uh have you noticed that over the years?
1: Well, sure. Don't you remember what happened to me? They will until they don't. They if, whoever has okay, okay. a Let big me, mouthpiece no, and who has a yeah, lot of power is talking. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I want to jump in. You're you're hundred percent right. So uh, you know, famously you came out and talked about it Amy Schumer, you know, uh lifting jokes from Patrice O'Neill and many others. So many people behind the scenes were like Yep, that's exactly what's going on. We all believe that Amy definitely uh, lifted a lot of her material from other comics, especially uh, Patrice O'Neill, uh, but they weren't willing to come forward with that. And it, it's like <laughs> it's like you had all these comics behind you, and basically you say to everyone, all right, uh, all the comics that agree with me are going to step forward with me. And then you realize you're the only person that's uh, stepped forward, and you look behind you like, what the f- fuck you guys know this is true but they didn't have the balls to come out and follow you and so you were left you (laughs) were left hanging and boy uh people that had a lot to lose or a lot to gain they said fuck tammy pescatelli she's uh disposable in, in, in at this moment in time and we're gonna go all in and blackball her
1: yeah so it just depends on who the person is like and who needs it? Like, I think it's amazing when when we stick together, but it, you can't count on comics to stick together because it's just, uh, don't forget, I was fourth in line, and they pinned it all on me. Yet, what I did was no different than really what Joe did. Carlos never stole the joke from Joe. Right. You know, Joe became a, a cult hero for it, yeah. which I, you know, and I was there that night at the store. It just happens... It's a weird why it happens. Then you have to. I think for me, ultimately, I'm glad I went through all of that because you, I'm strong. Like,
0: yeah, don't don't regret that you did that. You were at the comedy store at the time Joe Rogan basically went on stage while uh, Carlos Mencia was on stage and called him out.
1: Yeah, I actually stepped in between them once.
0: No kidding.
1: Because Carlos was acting like he was gonna. This was in the hallway. Uh, like he was gonna fight Joe, and it was like you. you you're going to get killed. But Joe was so funny. <laughs> there was never a person that's not lost on me, the level of success that he's had Yeah. because he really, really is good at getting in people's heads. Like he was amazing. And he stood up for all of those kids that Carlos had lifted those jokes from. Right. Now I, I, I felt sorry for Carlos because he was a friend too at the time, you know, uh, but he needed to be called on it in the same way that exactly what happened with Amy got happened. Did she ever take a lie detector test? No. Yeah. I mean, if all these comics are going to internalize each other, then let's, let's start from the top. You know, there's not a person who is in comedy. That's just been a perfectly nice. And look at the super nice guys. They crap all over him. Jay Leno couldn't be a nicer human being to everybody else. But was he a idiot to, uh, Dave Letterman, I don't know. That's the rumor,
0: right? Yeah, I think you're looking at uh, egos, unfortunately, that get completely out of control. They were friends as far as uh, fellow comics and whatnot, and then the ego got the best of them, and they were fighting for that big job when Carson was stepping down. And uh, Right. I mean, if there's they- not
1: a comic who's not flawed. I love David Letterman. Yeah, but was he sleeping with an intern? Yeah, that's a position of power. So should yeah. I not like him anymore? Yeah. No, because it has nothing to do with why I like his comedy.
0: Yeah, he's a weirdo, man. He's a strange bird.
1: Right. Anybody who's of that generation, uh, look how weird. You know, I worked with Carlin the last three uh, week, two weeks of his life. He died like two weeks later at uh, Hermosa Comedy and Magic. Yeah, and. He was the nicest, kindest human being, but his material at the end was super dark.
0: Yes, it was. Talking about
1: plane crashes and how glad he was that some people die in plane crashes because maybe they were going to ruin the karma. You know, I mean, it was dark.
0: Yeah. He talked about when we see. natural disasters on tv we want to see it go really really bad and boy if that didn't talk to a a deep place in all of us he's like when you see those fires burning i don't remember the the bit and i'm certainly not going to try to do it but basically the gist of it is where the 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 fire is burning out of control in california you want them to sweep across the entire country it's not wrong, man. we all have that weird darkness in, inside all of us when it comes to this uh, this stuff.
1: It's a weird thing. I wanted to get a group of veteran female comics together because I know these young ones are having a hard time or whatever it is they're fe- you know. And I don't. I'm not denying their experience, but they've never been more able to embrace themselves and be who they are, where we had to hide all that kind of stuff. So I'd love to hear. They think that's something, being asked for a naked picture or being joked around, hey, give me a blowjob. I'd love to hear what some of the, the older comics, female comics, went through. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, you know, I lost I lost my deal at HBO because I made fun of the president of the network, Socks.
0: <laughs> His I mean, socks? That's what took you out? I don't remember this. you got to refresh my memory.
1: I don't know that I ever told you this story. I don't tell a lot of people this story big deal right after last comic um and i had great management thing with hbo they were going to do um hbo half hours and use those half hours to develop you into a development an overall development deal we were going to do a three episode arc on sopranos and then go into like a i guess it would closest thing i could have said is is like my version of girls i guess okay yeah so we're doing our final meeting and uh president network sitting over there, Chris, whatever his name is, uh, with his whole, whole entourage, the the VP of development, all their little, you know, when they have their, when the king shows all the throne, you know, all the, the people in the palace, they come and they sit behind him, but they were treating me like, like I was, they sent cars for us. We had this amazing meeting, and everybody's laughing at everything. I say, Oh my God, it's going to be wonderful. We're so excited to have you be part of the HBO family. There's no better place for you, blah, blah, blah. The president sits back, and he's got his hands behind his head. His feet are up on the end table. And I have this weird fixation, you know, I can't very Larry David in my life, and uh, he said, do you have any any questions for me? And I said, yeah, just one. And I pointed to his socks, because yeah. I go, those are the ugliest fucking socks <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. What kind of socks did you reach over in the drawer to pull those socks out? How bad are the socks that are left in the drawer? And everybody fell out laughing. Yeah. I mean, Larry spit his, his drink out, God rest his soul. It was just, everybody was dying. But Chris... I don't know if Chris was having issues with women. I don't know if he was just having an issue with me. A week or two later, maybe a month later, he got fired because he smacked his girlfriend in Vegas.
0: Wow. But my
1: deal was off the table.
0: Just like that. Never, over socks. It was done.
1: Yeah. How? That was it. He was humiliated and just didn't want to be humiliated in front of his underlings. If I'd have made fun of his one of the underlings, he would have loved it. Yeah, of course. But I went too far.
0: Right. That's amazing. But how bad were the socks? What did they look like?
1: Oh, they were fucking... Yeah, I never saw anything like it. They looked like they had, like, squiggles and hazard signs. I mean, it was like a... It looked like a Saved by the Bell episode segue. (laughs) It was just horrible.
0: That's amazing. Hello? (laughs) You heard that call coming in. I thought... I thought I uh, hung up on the uh, telemarketer, but I just hung up on Teddy. She's not going to believe me a whole lot of it. She's going to think I did that on purpose. <laughs> All right. Are you there? Yeah. There was a dumb spam call coming in, a telemarketing call. You could hear it in the background, so I thought I could uh, hang up on them and continue our conversation.
2: And I hung up up on you. I'm
1: probably being redundant and stupid, and it's probably going to get a whole shitstorm all over me again, anyway. So I don't care.
0: Nah, it's it's it's. uh,
1: You just have. If I get another shitstorm, you just can't let me go. You just have to hold on. You got to help me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll just we'll just do more podcasting. Who cares? Any uh, any final thoughts on anything we talked about?
1: I mean, it's just comedy. Like, that's the thing. I think if if you can make a change, the change to make people feel better and make them laugh. Yeah. You know? There's idiots in every workplace. When you see the coach of the San Francisco 49ers and it's a woman, she's not in a bikini. She's in the same gear that the coach has on. If you want to be part of an industry you become part of an industry and don't try to change it to bend to you. This is a lifelong industry. It's going to change a little bit. It doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be sexist, but you can't you can't turn the tables and think that you're going to get preferential treatment because ultimately it's about what you say on stage, not how you're treated off stage.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've been around long enough to to see that the lines have been blurred as far as content go as well. When I was coming up, if you saw a, a comedian on on a stage telling jokes, you didn't you didn't think for a moment that the guy or gal thought that way. You understood that they're trying to make you laugh, they're trying to get you know, catch you off guard, they're trying to be a little edgy and say the things that we all think but no one really vocalizes. And you fast forward a whole bunch of years, obviously. And now that line is blurred and and you comedians are in trouble. Like Joey Diaz on a podcast with his boys, his really good friends saying incredibly outrageous stuff. It was so obvious to me because I'm old school. Like, oh, this is just a guy that's trying to be a man's man, like I said earlier. And he's trying to make his guys laugh. That's all this is about here. And now to take that clip and try to make it into something that's actually real Uh, It's insane, to be honest with you. We're in a really strange place when it comes to uh, comedy.
1: I I think what we need to do, maybe we could talk about Vaughn, about using it to raise money. Maybe we should make those little bracelets. What would Patrice do? Yeah, WWPD.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because Patrice would certainly have a a laugh over a lot of this stuff that is happening nowadays. That's for sure, man. That is for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, Tammy, we didn't get to talk about The uh, the Good Housewife's Guide from 1955. Well, we can do it another
1: time, or you can uh, we can pretend like we're doing something else and save it, and you can do it. I mean, we can do it next week if you want. <laughs>
0: yeah, we can. I, we, we, Let's
1: c- do it next week, because there's certainly going to be some blowback from this week. Trust me.
0: Nah, what's the blowback for real?
1: I think "blow" is the operative word
0: here. And, what do, and while we're at it, what do you think of all these cartoon voices now? Now they're coming out and saying that a black cartoon character should be voiced by a uh, by a, a black actress or actor. I, what? What?
1: Well, can I tell you something? Like, yeah. When I first thought it, yeah. I said, oh, okay, I see, what, I see what someone's doing. I see what they're doing, and okay, maybe, you know, because I really do think that there's some change that's necessary in the sensitivity levels with racism and stuff. Okay, great. And then I thought about it. I'm like, wait a second. Then what do we do with Scooby-Doo? At the end of the day, yeah. it's called acting. Yeah. You're supposed to be able to do anything. How about no one is saying anything to Robert Downey Jr.? I can't believe that they aren't going completely after that Ben Stiller film.
0: Oh, they did back in the day, uh, but he was brilliant. That is a hilarious character, but unfortunately, in the culture we live in now, no one's going to be taking those chances. And as far as Scooby-Doo goes, you got to obviously find a dog to do that voice. That's
1: My God. it, right. Maybe we we'll get the dog from the OJ trial, because he had a lot to say. I,
0: I understand the whole Black Lives Matter, and we're moving the needle forward, and I think that's a very good thing for society, but I also think that uh, you could just go way too far and get crazy with all this stuff. you got to just low down just a little bit like with biden he's being pretty much forced to pick a black um uh vice president i heard and woman too that's what i heard a a, a black woman yes it's like no you have to get a black woman to be your vice president if that happens i'm here to say i don't care well i I do care in a way and i'll tell you why i want to get to the point in our culture that the best person for the job gets that job. There's plenty of women and plenty of men that would be a great uh, vice president uh, pick for Biden, but he's now being forced because of where we're at uh, in society to pick a black woman to be his vice president. And and this person might not be the most qualified for the job. And I, I think that's a shame. I really believe that we need to get to a place where we don't worry about color and the person is picked because of their talent uh, for for whatever the thing is, for example, like these cartoon voices, I don't care if they're yeah. The most
1: talented for the job though isn't always doesn't have that uh, tenacity or viciousness to survive politics. That's why we will never get the best of the best because you have to have a certain viciousness to rise to that. That's what like yeah, I you know understand. I could fight back a lot. It's the same with show business. I don't care anymore. Yeah. I just want to do what I do. You can't take the ten thousand hours of work I did on stage. Yeah. You can hate me. You cannot give me T V shows. But there's still not my audience is still coming out. Doesn't matter. They like me. They stuck with me. We don't live in a society. It's not a meritocracy, quite frankly. And yeah. that's the problem.
0: Yeah. You're you're right. I, I, I keep going back to you and Rochester performing in front of cars. Oh my god. I just wanna hug L- you. Listen. I just wanna hug
1: if you. If I didn't Yeah, if I didn't hang myself that night, I don't think I ever will. And how about this? I didn't even sell out the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> how about that? I didn't even make a bonus because I didn't sell out the parking lot. That's uh, how, that's the influence I got there.
0: That's funny. And then what? They're just flashing their headlights when you were being funny?
1: Yeah, they were laughing. How about this? And I had a heckler. Uh, like <laughs> Friday night, I had a heckler. Yeah. This drunk guy in a Kia. Yeah. In a Kia. Yeah. Which in a was, Kia a, and he's you. That was hysterical you. as is. Yeah. You know? Started to come to the stage and I was like, uh, uh, they had a, a leaf blower on the side of the stage. So I was like, hey, cheat chee laporte and then i'm like and they're like what and i'm like just give me the give me the thing and i i blew the as he was coming to the stage i blew him with the leaf i bo- <laughs> say i blew him <laughs> with the leaf blower <laughs> Jesus. guess i'm blowing guys to get on stage too
0: huh there you go oh my god tammy always a pleasure let's uh i love you yeah, right on, right back at you. All right, this is what we're going to do because I really want to do this "1955 Good Housewife's guide. It's amazing. I've um we I've done this on the radio over the years, and uh, brother Weeze reminded me of this. He did it on his show a little bit. I think we would have some fun because in the end, we really have come a long way. My God, and we continue to. So progress. let's
1: do it next week. That's awesome. I'm happy to do it. All
0: right, we'll do that. All right, my friend Tammy Pescatelli. Love
1: you. So boo 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 radio, radio, radio,
0: radio. boo 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 boof, boo 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 boo
2: boo boo Boom! boo 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 boo